Hello and happy Halloween, welcome to Real Sharks, episode 46, on this episode the guys discuss, Avatar 2, Dark Knight vs the Joker, Borat 2, Saw and more, trick or treat. And happy Halloween to all my real sharks out there. You're listening to the RSP Podcast, the number one movie podcast on the internet. That's right. And I am your host, Rob, with my own collection of scary kids, scaring kids right now. And it is promising to be a treat and not a trick on this episode of the Real Sharks Podcast. So let's get started. There is no denying Monsters lead such interesting lives They live in ooze They've paid their dues So guys, let's talk about something I found interesting. Did you guys see those behind the scenes of Avatar 2 with Kate Winslet underwater? <laughs> I don't know why. No, it just, I didn't. It, you, you didn't see, it just struck me as funny. She's like doing this like open arm. It looks like she's like flapping her wings, Almost and they're like... Titanic? Okay, that, uh, now that you say that's even yeah. funnier, that could have been a, a, a deleted scene from Titanic, maybe like a dream sequence of her, like gliding under the water kind of thing, I don't Trying know. Trying to reunite with Jack. Yeah, but it just it just struck me, because I don't know why, but the first thing that popped me up, up on in my head was Armageddon, when he's like, oh, we're going to be swimming on this damn asteroid? <laughs> I don't know why, it just kind of popped in my head that way. But oh, gosh. this is, yeah, for the completion of Avatar 2, and uh, apparently the story centers around Natiri and uh, Jake Sully going to the ocean like an Atlantis-type thing, and they meet a, a clan that lives completely underwater. And so far, that's been the biggest news about it. They're keeping the scripts pr- pretty much under wraps, which I think is really interesting, you know, because we didn't really ask for Avatar 2, let alone 3, but we're still we're getting them all anyway. And 4. And 4. And oh, is there 4? Yeah. Yeah, oh yeah. No, yeah, they're going to like 6, I think. Yeah, they're filming I, 2, 3, and 4 back to back to back, yeah. right? I, I thought it was just only up to 3. I didn't know. No, no, four. no. They're going oh. all the way, baby. Oh, they're okay, trying God. to beat Star Wars out for good. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh lord they're trying to slam Star Wars for good they want to be the original like you know trilogy but you know oh, with uh, number two I mean are they trying to do like a live action of uh, the lost city of Atlantis or something I don't know like I said it just seems like a typical they go down to meet a tribe in the water for said you know objective that's probably you know antagonizing them <laughs> uh, <laughs> and just being honest that's what the movie probably is about yeah um, it's out like of it. the sea kingdom to yeah. and accidentally they need their fight, help yeah. or yeah right. or they're trying to unite the entire planet together something mm-hmm. like that but it was interesting because one of the things I, I thought was interesting out of this article that I read off a of screen rant was how they are hiding the scripts and they're keeping the scripts very under wraps. And I thought it was mm-hmm. interesting, and I thought it would be an interesting topic to talk about, because I was like, how do directors actually hide their scripts nowadays? In the age of social media, when you cannot hide a single thing, you can't even hide a coffee cup on the set of Game of Thrones. <laughs> how do... Actually, you shouldn't have a cup on the set. You shouldn't have a But it happened. But it happened. I mean, that's listen, the point. People, people back then drink coffee, too. And I, I want to bring up... They the... didn't have plastic water bottles, though. <laughs> Those were also in filming eyesight. This is, this is like, you know, a fantasy, so you got to think about the fantasy, and then maybe the 13th century, 21st century, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> oh, God. Um... One of the interesting things I thought about, and I have to actually go to the MCU universe for the guys who actually made the Avengers movie. And what they did to hide their scripts, which I found very interesting, but very funny at the same time, was fake dialogue and fake scenes. So they actually shot fake dialogue scenes and fake uh, just movie scenes that they knew were never going to be in the movie to throw people off. And I was like, damn, that's an, a lot of work. But I guess overall it works because, right. you know, not many people knew exactly what was going to be in the Avenger movie. So you had an idea, but you didn't know the overall movie. Right. But I just, to me, it was just kind of like, I was laughing because I would have like, you know, I think of like an extra or something that was in that scene. And they were like, yeah, I swear to God, man, I was in that film. <laughs> <laughs> you were. Kind of. It's like, well, yeah, I'm but that scene the didn't trailer. exist. Yeah. 
you know that's a good question i i always think of when you're like where how do they bear how do they like hide those scripts like did you remember that scene in casino where al pacino and uh, not, excuse me, Joe Pesci and uh, Robert De Niro meet in the uh, in the middle of the desert, and it's got all those. <laughs> oh things. yeah! You kind of dig up one of those graves. You're gonna find a couple of these scripts. <laughs> Just a bag <laughs> of scripts. <laughs> like that this, this is the real movie. movie. <laughs> yeah. Just go to these coordinates and, and find the tree and <laughs> dig under it. You dig <laughs> under it. Third tree from the left. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Do your table reads in the I desert. I thought that was uh, pretty hilarious, though. But not as hilarious as reading this article about the Navy will actually fine people for quoting Tom Cruise's Top Gun movie. Did you guys hear about wow, this? No, I saw that, yeah. I, I think that's a little weird. <laughs> yeah. Why? Well, trademark. weird. Trademark, man. Yeah, and it's all about the well, trademark. Even the theme, though? Uh, Danger Zone? No. Well, Kenny Loggins owns that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Kenny Loggins owns that hmm. down to the T. But all these other lines, I... That's yes. interesting. No one named Goose in that, I guess, right? No one can ever be named that. Ever. Well, apparently, from Business Insider, that the rules when attending school, flight school, um, inspired Top Gun, uh, what requires pilots to pay $5 every time they're co uh, caught quoting the movie. I feel like that's more like an annoyance <laughs> thing. Yeah, yeah probably. I'll go with that. Yeah. Probably. They just got tired of it. They just got like, tired of it. Yeah. They were. You guys think? And then they're going to be like, you know what? We're banning aviator glasses. We see that on you. We're going to freaking, like, <laughs> fine you. <laughs> oh, God. What are, what are the Top Gun quotes? What are the most famous ones? I don't even know one. Uh, is, no, uh, that's... Not, I don't even... Does anybody actually know it? I, yeah. Isn't it to burn out than the fade away? Is that, is that it? I, that's no, a Neil Young song. I'm not sure. I think that might be one. I just know the characters, but that's so interesting. Like, only people in the Air Force would know the actual quotes from that movie. I just know scenes. Maybe maybe they're like, they got tired of everyone in the cockpit. They're like, this is Goose and Maverick. And they're like, yeah. okay, you guys <laughs> and a hundred of the other people that came before you cannot be Goose or Maverick, okay? That is not your call sign. Can't forget yeah. Iceman. Iceman. Iceman yeah. too. They're like those are off limits. You cannot be called. If those. you if we if you say that we're gonna intentionally try to uh, crash you. Down. Oh man, I wonder how many people have actually tried to do that. I want to know. God, we need to call oh, the Navy. Man. And ask, I'm gonna call the Navy and be like, how many times have people demanded their call sign be Maverick, <laughs> Goose, or Iceman? Like, oh, how man. often do you get that? Yeah. I often. mean that that like, must daily. be the policy. Yeah. They must be like that cannot be the name of you or like. Uh, like uh, what's this guy's name from GI Joe Cobra King or whatever? Yeah, oh, uh, <laughs> yeah uh, Cobra Commander. Cobra Commander. Commander. <laughs> Can't be named Cobra Commander either. Oh, God. I would imagine that like on the first day of flight school, it's like you can't quote Top Gun. You're not allowed to wear aviator shades. And Maverick, Goose, and Iceman are off limits as call signs. <laughs> what, yeah. if, what if it was funny? What if they were like, but until you graduate? <laughs> or if you're number one in the class, yes. you get to be yeah, I feel like that's that's good. Like you get a pair of a aviators and a jacket. You're like, all right, like pick your name. Maverick on the back of it. Yeah. Yes, and then it's motivation to be the best. Yeah, right. So um, I'm sure Lucas Maximus is going to be breaking everything in his front room once he hears this next story. Because if for those of you who didn't catch our last episode, Lucas Maximus was actually talking about how the '90s remakes are here. The 90s is in full effect being remade, and they started with the craft, and we're going to start seeing, you know, things with limp biscuit monologues for the 2000s and everything else. But he's going to be breaking everything in his house when he sees that. And I actually bought this article up for a squid as well, because I knew if I didn't bring this up, he would. Hocus Pocus is coming out. Yeah. Another Hocus Pocus. And uh, was it Bed Miller said that uh, everyone's in it? Everybody, even uh, Sarah Jessica Parker. Yeah. I mean, do they have anything else to do? Yeah. <laughs> right. Do they get right. to work anywhere Right. Else? Like, right. Now, Mike, before, before, before you give them the silver lining there, <laughs> interesting. I thought it was interesting because I'm like, is there, there is still an audience for Hocus Pocus. I mean, right. God, they're going to get the adults to watch it too because everyone's going to be like, hey, I watched that when I was a kid. What did you guys think of Hocus Pocus when it first came out? When I was a kid, I just thought it was, I thought... Okay, when I was a kid, I thought some of it was real dark, and then when I was older, I was like, this is stupid. <laughs> yeah, I, you know, when you're a kid and you watch it, it was a little, like, it was a little dark with the whole cat thing. Yes, that's the, part of, I was glad like, yeah, that's the part that got me. as a kid. The dead kid, yeah. Yeah, the dead kid thing. Like, there, there's two dead kids at the end of the yeah. So, but, I don't, you know, you think about it, right? It was mostly quirky, the whole film. Yeah. Um, my whole problem is the comedy. I don't know if they can do those type of comedy. There's some like adult humor and nods in this film. 
Um, I think they'll get away with it. DreamWorks writes that line a lot. Yeah, DreamWorks crosses that line a lot. But will they do it right though? That is, of course they will. You can do it, but is it going to be ham-fisted? Is are they going to do nods as they do like in like yeah like. Like, uh, <laughs> but like, are they gonna do it like a quote that's forced from the original pudding? Ah, uh, you mean like the craft? That's yeah. so funny. We got two witch movies that are coming out being yeah. remade, and you mean to tell like because the craft? One thing I was talking about with Lucas Maximus, which I cannot stand, such a pet peeve of mine when they do it with movies, is when they take dialogue from the first movie and insert it into the new movie as if to remind you to love it. Or the, here's a reminder of this yes. in that film. This is a remake of this and movie. And you're going to like it you look it at now. the new crap trailer and they're like, hey, watch out for those weirdos. We are the weirdos. Yeah, it's the weirdos. like, I didn't need that. You didn't need no, that. And you hand-fisted it in. So are they going to do something that is going to be the same way? It's like 100%. you went out of your way to do that. And it just it didn't fit and it's not funny. Uh, you know, I, I don't know. I, I kind of hope with this new sequel that they're coming out with for this, I kind of hope they don't kind of touch back to the, like, the original. I hope they. Oh, of course they will. Yeah, well, they will. They have to. Probably like bits and pieces, but I hope they try and stay like completely different and try and do something else. Mm. Because if they try to go too much of what they did in the original, then it's just gonna say, "Why didn't you guys just do like a soft reboot of this?" And just I think it will be a soft yeah. reboot. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah it, it has to be. be. A soft reboot. I yeah. think it will be totally. Mm. It'll yeah. be a soft reboot with like a woman power edge to it. 100%. You think so? Yeah, I think. Yeah, there 100%. is. You know, there has been a lot of women power movie coming out, and there's nothing wrong with that. If the movie had played into that, like the craft did, but I don't so know. Did Hocus spoke Did it? You think so? Well, with the zombie, he was a guy, and he was kind of knocking him around, and they didn't really care. Oh my about god, the guy. I forgot about Billy. Yeah, Billy. Remember that, <laughs> that guy? That was such a cool. Yeah. And then you know what? I like that character. He, you get a. Uh, I think you get a curse word in the film actually when he cuts he his. He cuts his yes, like he his mouth that was sewn shut. Yeah. And he, he drops the like, B word. No, yeah. said, I thought he said winch. No, no, no well, dude. I think well, winch is basically a basically. another word for whore. Yeah. yeah. And you're just like. So wow. that, that's what winch means. It, I mean, is it uh, is it song of the south? Oh my I mean, no. <laughs> but uh, we don't need a. I wouldn't say it comes close either. Yeah. So Tomb Raider's director reveals that he thinks video game movies are making a comeback. Not that I've seen too many movies come out. <laughs> did they wait? Did they ever leave? Was my first thought. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, that's the right. The Resident Evil franchise has been going for twenty years as a film franchise, just about right. Like yeah, two thousand two ish. Yeah. So, I mean, Ready Player One away? was another video game what, touchback yeah, it was movie. Yeah. A book, but yeah, it's yeah. Mostly a movie's detective. Yeah. Extra Life, I believe, with Pikachu. Ryan, uh, yes. Yeah, Ryan Reynolds' Extra Life is another one that came oh, no. out. Free guy. Uh, free guy, excuse me, yeah, free guy. So have they really even one. left? Guys. Have they? No, yeah, that's, I no. Don't they've know been why around. They've ever. They're just like I think. Stupid. Yeah. <laughs> but if you if you say you know they're making a comeback, then it's a story. Maybe right. he means making a comeback as in they're getting better. <laughs> and actually doing better at the box well, office. Well, you know that's kind of true because Sonic the Hedgehog actually did very well at the box office after they had because to, it was gangster. Yeah, <laughs> they did have gangster paradise. Yes, I thought it, actually, you know, I did watch Sonic recently. It was good. With, I actually enjoyed it. I, you know, for it was Sonic, man. I mean, I don't know. I, I, I heard some of the criticisms of it, and I'm like, all everybody, I'm like, it's a movie about a hedgehog that runs super fast and does some quips, <laughs> does some jokes. There's nothing else really to it. Even Jim Carrey was very Jim Carrey esque. Yeah. He wasn't 100 percent Jim yeah. Carrey. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there wasn't anything to it. Yeah, like we even talked about this on the show when it, when it uh, came out. Me and Steve talked about this movie, and we we both agreed. I mean, Jim Carrey was probably the the guy that stole this yeah, entire he was the movie. Star of the yeah, movie. Was I don't star. even remember who the main guy was. That's true. That's how much. What's that? Sonic. Is the main guy. <laughs> oh, well, yeah, I know Sonic is the main guy. I mean, the guy who was helping him. Yes, yes. Yeah, sure. I don't know. Sheriff God, McDoodle. Sheriff Brady. Sheriff Andy Griffin. I don't know. <laughs> I remember the ads that were just thrown in the movie. The ad for the Olive Garden that keeps coming up. Right. Another ad that keeps coming up. Right. They just keep having like these, uh, what is it, Zillow? The apartment finder. Just, yeah, right. We're going to stop the movie. Product placement, yeah. Zillow real quick. Yeah, we had to pay for recoloring Sonic somehow. <laughs> <laughs> right? No, he's yeah. That's a hundred percent true. Yeah. That's how that movie was. I did enjoy it. What, what, what's the name of him? Yeah, you were right. It, it was Sheriff Tom. 
Sheriff oh Tom. my God! Yeah, throw, throw <laughs> Tom in there. Then you're gonna get it. I said Sheriff <laughs> Brady, so maybe it was Tom Brady. <laughs> was he a cameo in that? Sheriff uh, Tom, movie? Sheriff Brady. How much better would that movie have been to just have Tom Brady do a cameo? Oh, that'd be great. Oh Acting with some fake like blue hedgehog. Yeah. <laughs> and then right in the middle of the movie, you make some kind of situation where he has to throw a controller to Sog, and he's like. Go wrong! That would be actually pretty <laughs> sick. It would elevate it from, like, bland and okay to bad but super enjoyable. Yeah, right? <laughs> Just throws him a Sega Genesis controller for it. But that's a very good question, that, Rob, that you're bringing up. Like, these video game movies have been around. Yeah. throughout these years. Never gone away. And they've not gone away. And they actually, like you just said, they've improved. Yeah. So I, I don't know what Tomb Raider 2 will do for the game franchise. I, I mean, Tomb Raider, it's so... is you know We always say this over and over, and is but it is a question. Is there an audience for Tomb Raider? I don't really know, because Tomb Raider is kind of old. I mean, are they even still making Tomb Raider as games yeah, anymore? Yeah, are they still? Okay. Are they, yeah. they, they just finished the most recent trilogy. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Yeah. See, I, I, I haven't yeah. played Tomb Raider in years. The last one I probably played was like two on the first PlayStation. Oh my goodness. And then, but then <laughs> That's after, real old school. You <laughs> you're like, oh my goodness. Holy crap. <laughs> but again, that franchise itself has tested the time of the movie industry they did make those games based With Angelina on Angelina Jolie Angelina Jolie they made two two movies so that was successful enough and then skeletons man yeah. I'm so bad <laughs> oh god dude that was one of the never speak of the skeletons dude I too. mean that CGI in that movie was so bad they should have just got actual real skeletons like you put in science class yeah. on like a board and wield them at her. <laughs> it just had like a shielded, like a sword at their side. Like, do you guys remember the, uh, what is the, 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 um, Sinbad movies when he's fighting the skeletons? It oh, looked God, like, yeah. Dude, it was like stop animation. Yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't Clash of the Titans status, you know? <laughs> because that's classic, man. This that's was, super cool, this is what we don't even talk about kind yeah. of status, you know? So, let's go ahead and, uh, move away from movie news and get into our, uh, Let's have a little debate. I thought this would be a little fun topic for the show coming up. But before we do, let's go ahead and go into our first break. We'll be right back, all our real sharks. And welcome back to this episode of the RSP Movie Podcast. And I thought for this day for movie debate, we would talk about something I've been really wanting to have a conversation about. I know it's Halloween, everybody. And again, another happy Halloween to all our listeners out there, if you're listening to this beforehand, uh, beforehand or after. But I thought this would be a good topic to bring up, because the it finally died down. I think you can actually have the conversation without too many people freaking out now. <clears throat> I want to talk about the Dark Knight Heath Ledger's Joker, and I want to talk about Joaquin Phoenix's The Joker movie. Now, this is apples and oranges. But I wanted to talk about who did it really well. Because I've been kind of conflicted on this, guys. I'm kind of conflicted. Mm. I just watched The Joker and The Dark Knight recently. And I gotta say, I really do enjoy Joaquin Phoenix's performance. Not to take away from Heath Ledger. Not to take away from The Dark Knight, because The Dark Knight is amazing. But there's just something about Joaquin Phoenix's role that's just a little bit more... Relatable, maybe because uh, to me, I feel like it's more on the realism side than the action-packed side, I guess, because Dark Knight is more of, again, a, a comic action film right. as opposed to a drama action film, which is what the Joker is. But I don't know. I think you can make a good comparison to them in their own, you know, universes, but I want to get your guys' opinion. I personally think Joaquin Phoenix's is, uh, I just think it's better. I think it's better, more relatable, um... But then again, like I said, it's hard because this is apples and oranges. So I'm gonna go ahead and let you guys go ahead and chime up on it. Steve, what do you think? What do you what do you who do you think is uh does it better? All right, before any and don't happens. you bring up Jack Nicholson? No, I'm not. <laughs> I, damn it! <laughs> or, or the fact that they're putting Jared Leto in the new Justice League. Okay, you just, you just handicapped me right oh out of there. You, you had to just cut my legs out with. Hey, Jack we lost Nicholson. followers because of my tweet like that. Because I tweeted out <laughs> Jared Leto's gonna be the new Joker, and I put that Futurama. No. <laughs> yeah. So disclaimer to every Joker fan of every franchise ever: this is the real Shark's opinion. Take it as it is, and this is mine. <laughs> This is mine. You so, count the other ones. Uh, yeah, so <laughs> Jared Little and, uh, you know, Jack Nicholson aside. Yeah, I don't know, man. That That is such a good question, Rob. Like, I, <laughs> I will just say I think I do lean a little bit more towards 
the Walking Phoenixes only because it does deal with a little bit more realism because the thing that I give the nod to is the Dark Knight's portrayal of the Joker is portraying two sides. It was like zany and then he portrayed realism. He had realism scenes with the gangsters where he's just like, I'm just, I'm a normal guy. He'll just be like, I'm a normal guy, right? And then the next minute, he's crazy, he's laughing. So it's like, oh, that's the Joker, and it's cool. It's a cool portrayal, right? And, and that, I'm not taking anything away from that performance, but Joaquin Phoenix's is just a guy down on his luck. And even when he turns into the Joker, he's still just a dude in face yeah. paint. Like, the Joker in The Dark Knight is the Joker. You don't even know him. Like, he's just chaos. And but there's also the sense I get from the Dark Knight Joker of invincibility in a way. Yeah. And Joaquin Phoenix's, I get that, but I get this idea of a guy that isn't really invincible, but he's so crazy that he could just get away he with gets it, and a, do it. Yeah, like he gets away with it, and he's tol totally vulnerable. You see him get beat up, you see him get injured. Uh, the Dark Knight, he gets captured, but you never really see him get his comeuppance. Like, he never gets yeah. beaten by the Batman. He just catches him, and he's... And even when he does, like, the Joker's like, I win. Like, I'm laughing at the end. Yeah, we'll like, do this forever. We'll do this forever. Walking Phoenix is like, I'm just accepting my own madness, and everybody's coming along on the ride. Like, I'm forcing people to come along on the ride. So it's a little different take. I like that, because it was ballsy. It went out there. It tried something new and different. It was a different kind of zone. And Steve's thought a lot about this one. Yeah, like, because, yeah, it's interesting one. Dare I even say, I with Walking Phoenix, and this is what put me over the edge, and I'll end it here, it gave me flashbacks of Batman, the, the animated series. Because... The, the time zone, right? It was like in weird like 80s and it was like, oh, this is sick. Like it's no Batman, but I felt like, I don't know why. I you were in the era? Like, I was in that era. You know, the Batman, are, it was like in Gotham the Gotham has always been described as a um, universe of where the style of the 1930s has never left, but it's in modern day. But it's, mo and but that, it's modern day. And that's... That's exactly, Rob, you just pinpointed it. That's what I felt like. It was like in some 80s era, maybe even 70s, but it was in the modern era at points. That's what put me over the edge. In the Dark Knight, it was just in the future somewhere, and they're just dealing with the tech and everything that deals with it. So that was my take. Walking Phoenix, over. Mike? Unfortunately, it'll be a little recycled, because I feel like you guys have said most of what you can say about it, but... In terms of Heath Ledger, it's a roller coaster. You're just along for the ride. But with Joaquin Phoenix, he's a full-formed character. He's a person with a name and opinions and feelings. And you kind of understand who he is and where he's coming from. And with Heath Ledger, you're just like, where is he going to go next? What is he going to do next? It's insane. It's crazy. It's captivating. But at the same time, like the movie's still anchored by Batman. It's still anchored by Harvey Dent. Whereas, again, the other movie is anchored completely around Joaquin Phoenix's Joker. And yeah, he is more like he is realistic. He does, yeah, he does beat up. He gets hit by a car, and then you are by the end of the movie, you're kind of like, well, I want to see where this crazy guy's gonna go next. And you, and I hope in the sequel that you know he be, he evolves even more into a like fully fledged Joker, but he's still in an origin phase as well. See, that's where I was getting at with this topic because they are gonna bring the Joker movie into a Batman esque feel where he will probably battle Batman. But that's interesting because it's two different styles. So <clears throat> that's why I was getting at with the whole, you know, when it does transition to this style, Mike, do you think Joaquin Phoenix's uh, Joker will be able to, I guess, go side by side with that Heath Ledger Joker madness style, that roller coaster? I honestly feel like they should flip the formula and Batman should just be like the Predator or Michael Myers and he should just be looming in the background and you just see his shape and then all of a sudden a bunch of goons disappear. And then the Joker's freaking out. And you're not following Batman through this whole thing. You're following the Joker. Because we have so many Batman movies already. We have the Robert Pattinson one that will be coming out, what, now 2022? Yeah. So we don't need to see that side of it with this particular Joker. At least I don't need to. I would like to see how he's reacting to Batman as opposed to Batman reacting to him. Right. And turn Batman into the mysterious one. Into almost, he's not clearly he's not a villain because we know Batman's a good guy. But in terms of the language of the film, he is a villain. He is a, you know, a mystical force that is trying to shut down our, our protagonist's plans. That would be much more interesting. I agree on that one. That was, that was good. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm kind of glad you wanted to bring this up because um, 
probably a couple of weeks ago, I saw somebody wearing a, a face mask, and it had uh, a Joker smile on it, and it was from the, the Joker movie, and I told the guy, I said, oh, cool mask, and I asked him, which um, Joker did you like more? And he said, oh, I liked Joaquin Phoenix one. I said, interesting. I'm more of a Heath Ledger fan. And he, he asked me why. And I said, oh, I kind of liked Heath Ledger's performance a little bit more. And you can't go wrong with how Joaquin Phoenix did it. But with Heath Ledger, the whole reason why I love his performance is because, I mean, what you guys were just saying, the the chaos and just um, not knowing what he was going to do. I mean, that's kind of what the Joker was. He's always that guy who's off his rocker. He's always going to do something that's going to either destroy Gotham, destroy Batman, or possibly kill people. Yeah, so you like more of the comic style? Because like in the comic, he just appears, just like in the movie. He just, yeah. he just yeah. comes out. Well, like, like uh, you know, the Dark Knight, like I said, he just was, it was chaos. He was chaos. He literally, what he says to Harvey Dent is the exact personification of his character. He's like, do I look like a guy who has a plan? I'm a dog chasing cars. He's like, I just do. He's like, I, you know, introduce a little anarchy. Introduce a little chaos. I'm an agent of chaos. That's his whole point. And yeah. that's my favorite line from him the entire movie, too. Yeah. Well, the best part about that line is it's a complete and utter lie. All that Joker has is plans. He's yeah. Plans yeah. from the beginning yeah. of the movie to the, the end of yeah. the movie. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's but, but you don't know that Well, you you kind of do because you saw the bank heist and yeah. At that point, he's literally he planned a a like a fire alarm pull or something like a bombing of mm -hmm. the hospital to get it evacuated mm -hmm. so he could steal away Harvey Dent. Like he is just full of plans. Full of plans. But he's yeah. so crazy and far ahead of you in terms of planning. That it feels like chaos to anybody mm -hmm. around him. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Because he's this running lap. He knows here. them better than they know themselves. Right. And I think they even say that in the film, too, because he knows what they're going to do before they even do it. And Joaquin Phoenix knows nobody. He doesn't even know himself. No, no exactly. So that's no. the thing yeah. where But it's that's just, what's it's almost great. the beauty of it, though. Right. Is you're watching the. You can. Like, you sit there and you go, this is probably how the Joker really was, how he turned into the Joker, because it's. This poor guy's just going through this madness. But you know what's even interesting, too, and we didn't even get it fully into it, uh, to know if we'll even have time to, but the lore itself that they presented in both films is really, really good. Yeah, the Dark Knight, they just went off their own. They let Heath Ledger do what he wanted with the makeup, but, you know, it worked, because then all of a sudden now everyone's trying to look like Heath Ledger's Joker. More importantly, too, what's one of the things that both movies present that both movies have in it that I think is really interesting, and that's the fact that he has no name. He has no real origin story, which is so true to the lore of the Joker. Because, yes, his name is Arthur Fleck, but is it? Because it's not really his mom. That's not really his mom. You don't know. You don't even know if he's uh, Thomas Wayne's kid, because with the infamous picture, you know, once they go through the whole, oh, I'm not your mom, you see the picture that says, I'll always miss your kisses. So and you never solidify. You never know what exactly that origin story is, just like you never know the origin story of Heath Ledger's Joker story. I think it's brilliant in both terms. I think that's why they're both so strong in their own, but you know, it's so but it is apples and oranges. <laughs> but it's right. like they took the lore and like one side took the lore and went straight forward at it and the other one took it and like made it more of a backdoor mysterious like, oh, turn the read between the lines kind of thing. Right. And that and that one theory we came up with a long time ago at the end where the whole movie could have just took place in his head, in his yeah. head and he was in this insane sound yeah. the whole way and he's just like I'm just I'd created this persona of like the Joker and me being crazy and all this other stuff. You never know. And he's I'm, a very unreliable narrator throughout that entire movie. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yes, he is. He is. But you know, I even love when he breaks that fourth wall when he's just like I was just thinking of something funny and he see thinks yeah. of uh, you know, um, Bruce Wayne sitting there, we're looking at his parents dead, but then when all of a sudden he's like, that's life, and he starts singing the song with her, yeah, that, that's brilliant. I thought that was great. With um, Joaquin Phoenix, I'm really in the, and I can't believe I didn't mention this yet, is because you even touched about his vulnerability. I mean, you you really see how he like hits that breaking point of where everything seems to go down and wrong for him, and he just doesn't know what's even real anymore and I think that's what I really enjoyed about uh, his performance is just like that moment just everything snapped and he just kind of went off the rails a bit and just started killing 
I mean, he doesn't kill a lot. That's just, we'll say it again. The Real Sharks podcast will say it again. Uh, me and Mike are already quoted on this. This was the most mildest, crazy film that was ever done. <laughs> Everyone made so, I mean, I've never seen a film where people were like, this is insane. This movie cannot go to theaters. It's like, how many people does he kill in it? Four. In very mundane ways. He either shoots them or he stabs them, but like, right. it's off camera. There's not like loads of blood spraying everywhere. Yes. Guts falling out. Like, he doesn't, it's not like Tarantino You've seen level worse. Of yes. Yeah. Tarantino is depictions of blood and gore and violence yeah. is, was a lot more worse than that. <laughs> I don't act like a flamethrower. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Don't act like you guys didn't see a saw film and then you're like, "Oh my god." Right. Yeah, don't act like you never saw a saw film and rated that to be a good movie then let them come out with six of them and then let them remake it. I don't know how many goddamn times now they're remaking it called Spiral. It's like, "Can you stop?" <laughs> I don't care. About Jigsaw. I got my kid. My freaking five-year-old kid's like, Hey, Dad, do you know who Jigsaw is? And I'm like, How do you know who Jigsaw is? Yeah. And he's like, Fortnite. And I'm like, What the... What is... I'm like, Why are you kids and why are you gamers obsessed with one of the most dumbest film characters ever? Of all time. A guy, so, a guy who couldn't be real. I mean, he was dying in the first... He said he was he, dying. He was dying, yeah. And then he lives for like another eight years in these movies. He lives in like... Three of them? Yeah, he's dead by the third one. And Whatever. Has, each movie adds a new accomplice, so by the end of it, he's got like 15 accomplices. So, like, he's, he's had a lot of help here to get really added. Yeah. You guys have seen him. Like, you guys remember them way more than me because right. after the. I remember the first one, I thought was great. I thought was good. I just thought in the and he's like everything is completely fair it's in your hands yes. like, really like, okay. except when I put the key in the train when you were unconscious <laughs> you're and you unconscious. woke up and the water went down the drain with the key <laughs> who's gonna know oh there's fair. a key in here fair <laughs> that does become a point of contention in one of the Saw movies eventually that his accomplice sets up unfair games like yes one, which oh the girl oh really where it starts to be and then it just becomes like oh you just want to see people die. I always so saw and we're getting off the rails but it's okay <laughs> I always thought Saw was just an updated, more hardcore version of what Seven was. Because they are very similar in characters and style. I mean, you know, you know the cops and everything. You, but I meant the killer, because you have the killer that's like basically trying to teach the lesson of sin to yeah. people. Because what did Jigsaw do? Jigsaw, that's what he did. He was just exactly, like, yeah. yeah, he was just like, you know, this guy who didn't care about life, or people are so ungrateful to be alive and all this kind of stuff you know same thing with uh keith uh i mean um kevin spacey's kevin performance Space, yeah he's like a man who was so huge he couldn't even walk he's like i didn't do him anything wrong i just you know fed him who he was and all this kind of stuff right yeah so i don't know i just always see saw as just that kind of a rip off of seven and but I mean, not as bad. good as seven seven is fantastic Seven is good, but there's a lot of rain in that movie. I don't know. Yeah. It, it rains a lot like in that movie. Like, almost in every scene. <laughs> yeah. Every scene, Brad Pitt's well, in the rain. Ending. Yeah, what's in the box? What's in the box? What's in the box? Alright, we'll be right back with our movie review. Hey Arizona, if you live in the West Valley and don't want to travel all the way downtown or to Tempe for cool retro clothing and products, then check out our friends over at Ivory House. With online reviews saying affordable prices, quality pieces, and nice owners, how could you beat that? Located at 650 North Estrella Parkway, Suite A4, Goodyear, Arizona, 85338. It is time. Cogs are loaded. Our shark. There's a shark NATO coming. Sharks. So, Trial of Chicago 7, 2020. This is actually a movie. Had, uh, it just came out recently. It said September 25th, but they actually released it a little later than that. Well, I think right. it had a short catch. Yes. For, you know, obviously for awards and everything like that, because that's the whole point of uh, getting a movie in theater so they can be able to take it to the Oscars and all the awards and say, hey, at least it went to theaters. Um, <clears throat> directed by Aaron Sorkin. Actually, like Aaron Sorkin. Written by him as well. Written by him as well, yes. Um, you had Sasha Baron Cohen playing the famous Abby Hoffman. 
You had Eddie Redmayne as Tom Hayden, Joseph Gordon-Lovitz as Richard Schultz, and Yang Abdul-Mateen as Bobby Seal. Sorry if I butchered that name. Um, so far, it had a budget of $35 million, box office 104 Pretty good. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I liked it. I thought it was an interesting film. Uh, Mike, why don't you go ahead and start this review off? So the movie is about the uh, the Chicago riots in the, well, I would say like what, late summer of 1968, mm-hmm. and about after Richard Nixon gets elected, he chooses then to prosecute some of the leaders of the uh, I don't know counterculture revolution at the time, and so he picks a group of seven leaders. Two of them get thrown in, as they state in the movie, just to make sure that we have two we can get off. And then, unfortunately, Bobby Seale gets grouped in, even though he was literally, as he says in the film, only in Chicago for four yeah. hours. And, and the movie is just about their trial and how basically unfair it was. Yes. How essentially rigged our judicial system can. It is. Right. It, it, it was a film literally, as some people have said in like other reviews, a film with precedent today. 100%. Yes, and I would agree so, too. And it really does show the bias of our judicial system and how unfair and how if they want to point the finger at you, they will do it. Yeah, the system that is supposed to be the most fair and balanced can be corrupted easily by whoever the judge is. Right. I thought it was really entertaining. I was, you know... I'm Captivating. It is captivating. I mean, there's not much we can really give to you, our audience, about this film in detail because it's something you have to see yourself, really. It, it is a trial-based film. You know, so it is. It does have those captivating moments and those bombshell ha-ha moments. But, I mean, it was good. I liked it a lot. I also would like to throw a big uh, F you to Screen Rant, even though we love you, for basically bringing up the fact of the Forrest Gump connection that we brought up and that everyone was talking about. But, you know, we'll let it go. <laughs> because we were the first podcast to say, oh, yeah, they're making a, you know, a movie about the, that guy was in Forrest Gump. He was the guy who was like, you know, and there was this guy with the American flag t-shirt, and he liked to say the F word a lot. <laughs> yeah. F this and F that. And he's like, come up here, man. Get the fuck up here, man. Same guy. But I thought it was a good movie. I was, you know, when it comes to trial films, they go one of two ways. Really captivating and interesting or really boring and dry. Now, the cinematography of this movie, I didn't think was that capped. I thought it was a little dry, actually. Standard. <laughs> Standard, yes. It was just, yeah. Yeah, got the job done. But overall, I thought it was still interesting, even from the court scenes back and forth. I thought Sasha Baron Cohen did a good job. I thought everyone did a good job. I just thought it was an overall good film. One of my biggest criticisms of it, though, is it just had to come out during this time, during COVID, when no one's really paying attention. This is such a theater film. I feel yes, like this would have been yes, in, in theaters, theater, yes. and it would have been a huger hit, hit yes. than what it was. It's a topic that is being discussed right now, right. and I think it would actually inflame those topics. Yes. But that's me, though. Yeah, and, uh, yeah it's definitely carried... When I saw that Aaron Sorkin had directed it, that lowered my expectation for the look and feel of the film in yes. terms of its visuals, but like, it's still him writing it. He's a good writer. Still, I think he's okay. He's a fantastic yeah. writer. Again, like I... I love the uh, Steve Jobs movie. He wrote that. He's written. He wrote for That's why I knew you'd like this yeah. one. I, as soon as I saw that, I was like, yeah. Yeah, because he's he's terrific. The the dialogue is snappy. It's on point. Mm-hmm. It, it makes you understand who the people are without having to spend seven minutes explaining, explaining who everyone is. Right. Yes. Yeah, it gets to the point like quickly. It does not waste time. This film. There's which I think right is needed it. in movies nowadays because I always have the big. My one of my biggest pet peeves is I always explain, especially in comic films, is the background origin stories. Like, when it comes to, like, MCU, or even DC, it's like, if there's a movie with all these different characters, we do not need to go back and see every single one of their origin stories to remind us of who they are. That's why I liked it. It didn't have anything to do with that. It was just straightforward. This is what it is. It was a great film. It was actually a really good film. I was really impressed, you know, for coming out during 2020. One of the better films of 2022. Yes. Personally, I'd give Travis Craft 7 a 7.5. I'd give it an 8. I thought it was good. I'd give it an 8. I probably yeah, probably an eight. Because again, eight. like it's so well written, and then it's so well performed, and yeah, you're interested the whole time. And then also the fact that it's based on something in history that is so prescient to what's happening right now is obviously it helps. But then just to see how unfair and rigged our government should be, which I no, you did not say it earlier. Frank Langella as the judge, total well, yeah. dick, but yeah. great performer, oh, yes. great actor. I'm sorry, yeah. I can't believe I didn't mention great actor. Yes. Yeah. You gotta be a good judge. Who's the guy who plays Tywin, Steve? Uh, Tywin Lannister. Um, 
Is it Christopher Plummer? Or God, he'd no, be a good no, judge. that's a different guy. Who plays Tyler Lannister? <clears throat> he'd be a good judge for a movie. What's his name? I'm trying to think of it. I love him in films, though. He's always in a medieval film because of his voice. Except for Godzilla. Most <laughs> yeah, this is random. Charles Dance. There it is, uh, Charles Dance. Great actor. Sexy him. old man. Yeah. Yeah, he is. You're welcome on this episode. You're welcome on this podcast anytime, Charles Dance. Oh, Love yes, to have yes. you on there. <laughs> Uh, call him sexy old man. Oh god, yeah. Well, no, I've, I've followed his career a lot actually. He's been in a lot a of lot. movies. Fantastic. It's just interesting how because of Game of Thrones is what for some reason put him over the edge. Uh, now everyone knows what? who he is. No one saw Last Action Hero. That's what I'm saying. I mean, he's been in a lot of other films. That a lot of other films with that distinct voice. I mean, he just he's just been around. He's been around a lot. <laughs> I've always enjoyed his work. Wasn't he in Dracula Untold? I believe so, yes. Yes, he was. Yes. That movie. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, Chicago 7. Uh, yeah, Sasha Baron Cohen's doing a, a terrific job. Uh, just being... Like, that's one thing, too, the movie does. Is honestly, the whole movie, I was more on Thomas Hayden's side. And, like, the, Abby Hoffman's kind of just exactly as Thomas Hayden explains to you at the towards the end of the film. He's like, you're a dick who's, you know, out there doing drugs and cursing and being loud. And I'm worried that in 50 years, all the counterculture revolution is going to be remembered for is those things. It's just children being irresponsible, which is, as you're watching the movie, you're like, yeah, damn, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> that's basically all it's remembered for. And then the movie, and it, obviously it happened in real life too, the movie and in real life, it immediately flipped after that because then Thomas Hayden becomes the one who mm-hmm. kind of incited the riot. It was the police, but in terms of anybody in that circle, that seven who would be responsible would be Hayden. And then Abby Hoffman is the one who gives the most like elegant description of what they did, and really stands up for them, and like is the one who, the only one who takes a stand. So like things like that are thankfully happen in history, but then the writing's good. Michael Keaton makes a surprise appearance. Yeah, yeah, that was. And he's terrific. That was interesting. God, another sexy old man. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah I like Michael Keaton. Man. Yeah, I love his Beetlejuice. Porter's just gonna have a bunch of sexy old men talking to him with their gravelly. <sighs> hey, I. No, but the one guy who I would love to talk to, the one guy who my man crushes on is Jude Law. That voice is delivered by the gods themselves. Let me tell you, that man's voice. (laughs) Jude Law's voice, man. All right, that's going to be this episode of the RSP Podcast. I am your host, Rob, with Steve, Squid, and Mike. You have a good night, y'all. And we will catch you guys on the flip side of the Real Sharks Podcast out. Before we move on, my listeners, let me ask you, do you have any old clothing you think might be valuable? A concert shirt? Maybe an Elvis shirt you've outgrown? Maybe a Star Wars shirt you just want to sell? Then make sure to give our friends over at Ivory House a call at 623-203-5568. They specialize in retro products and clothing and will make you an offer. Again, that's Ivory House, 623-203-5568. Tell them Real Sharks sent you. Hey folks, Rob here from Fat, Drunk, and Stupid. And what is that, you ask? Well, aside from three words that describe my life, it's a podcast. We talk about food, fun, fellowship, movies, books, video games, pop culture, and much more. Also, some very interesting guests and some awesome stories. And of course, some cold beers along the way too. So look us up on Twitter at FDS Podcast 7 and look for Fat, Drunk, and Stupid wherever you find your favorite podcast. Thanks for listening. Hello, potential listeners. My name is The Vern, and I'm the host of the Cinema Recall Podcast. On most shows, myself, along with some great guests, we will talk about a movie and then some of the most iconic moments that happened in said movie. On top of that, you'll get bonus shows where I will give you short reviews about new and classic movies, or I'll just rant and rave about something going on in the entertainment industry. So come check us out. We're available on Anchor, Spotify, Stitcher Radio, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, most other places. Don't forget to follow us on social media. On Twitter, we are at 
Cinema underscore Recall. And then on Facebook, Instagram, we are Cinema Recall Podcast. Uh, don't forget to email us your ad spots to play on future episodes. That email is cinemarecall at gmail.com. Hope to see you around, and thank you very much for listening. And welcome back on my Real Sharks. So, we talked about it on last week's episode. Borat 2! And they finally dropped it. And let me say, I saw it. Um, I liked it. I did, I actually am going to go on a limb here, and a lot of people will probably hate me for this. I liked it more than the first one. I actually did like it more than the first one. But, then again, I didn't really like the first one that much. Because, <laughs> like I've said it before, I always find Borat as a film about hating immigrants, which it is. About exposing America's hatred towards immigrants. Which it was. Yeah. Um, it was funny. But there was just something about Borat. I was just like, eh, you know, just, eh, some of it. I like, I personally like Bruno more. Um, but Borat 2, I did enjoy. However, though, there are some big, huge differences I found, and we're going to go ahead and discuss them in this review. One of the interesting things about Borat 2, I automatically noticed off the bat, was it was a little bit more heartwarming. I know that sounds funny coming from a Sasha Baron Cohen film, but with, with the introduction of the daughter... There was definitely this element of being a father, teaching your kids right and wrong. There was definitely this another element besides just being, you know, stupid Borat. It just felt a little bit more heartfelt. And then when they're, you know, she's like, oh, look at, look, dad, look at them. They, they all these American dads hold uh, their daughter's hands. And then they start holding hands. They do that little dance down the hole. Like, that was, that was, it was, it was heartwarming. It was good. Um, the jokes. I thought were funny. Uh, you know, Sasha Baron Cohen, he did an interview recently, he said the reason he made this film was to not only expose the overt racism that is going on in America right now, but to also show that there's actually kindness, too, still. And there were. There was a lot of kindness in this film. I thought there was a lot of heartfelt moments. Uh, spoilers to everybody. You know, Real Sharks is a spoiler show. For example, when he goes into the, the synagogue, and he is dressed as the most offensive person to a Jewish person you can imagine. But what does that lady do? She's like, come here, let me give you a kiss. And she's like, no, don't steal my soul. And she's like, did I steal your soul? Did I eat you? He's like, I didn't, she's like, I didn't do anything to you. He's like, oh, well, you gotta wait for the venom. Yeah, you gotta wait for the venom. <laughs> gotta wait for the venom. But still, it was more of a heartwarming thing. Um, my favorite joke, personally, of that whole film, though, and I'll get to it, my favorite, favorite joke was when he walked into the, uh, Republican rally with the KKK, oh, and he's like, hi, I'm Stephen Miller. <laughs> and no one stopped him. No one stopped him. <laughs> I just watched him. Even when he dressed as Trump, everyone was just, like, looking around, like, are you serious? Pence, I got your girl. <laughs> No, okay, uh, who, who wants to go off? So basically, I'm a, I'll just go off of my rating here. So overall, I give Borat 2, I give it a 7. I think it was a strong sequel. I do. I think it was actually a good sequel. I think um, some people may disagree and say Borat is still stronger. I will probably lean on saying it is still stronger of the two films. However, though, I thought Borat 2 was an okay sequel for being so long and taking so long to come out. I was I expected a lot worse, but it was still good. I did too. I think that's a fair uh, grade. I'm also going to give it a solid seven. It's a solid seven. Um, yeah, you know what? I think the age actually helped Borat more than anything. I think that age. You didn't explain that in the film. Remember in the beginning when he's like, but the problem was Borat too famous. He's like, everywhere I went, everyone was like, Borat, yeah. Borat. Like, I'm not, no, I am no Borat. I am no, no Borat. Borat. Yeah. I, I really think that that helped because there was no real uh, consequences for Americans' actions. During that 14 year span yet yeah. until now, and I think this was perfect timing to do this film. Uh, and like you said, it was very heartwarming, and that was kind of like because the first film is like all about like the lows of what Borat had to deal with in America, and yeah. then like tr there was really no like whatever to to it. Um, and this one it was more of just like hitting all of the. The, the stuff that is happening, like feminism and racism. Yeah. Still with the whole, like, there's still some things where there are people that are not cool with immigrants, but also kind of, like, forgiving. And he puts everybody in good light. So anybody from, I don't care, what, whatever walks of life, if you're offended by this film, I, I it's hard to press to do it. There's, like, these two guys, 
that are like um so Q-on, Q-anon the QAnon yes. guys. Oh, yeah. And then like he, he spent five days, days in character with those guys with those in guys. quarantine. And then that's, he that's let, crazy. like for real like for real let them do that. And yeah. then he found out that those guys are real good guys. They're just yeah, misinformed they're nice guys. dudes. They were nice. They're just misinformed Did people. Oh my yeah. god. Oh my god. <laughs> but but the, the part that I even was like was so heartwarming and I was like, Oh, those guys are nice guys is when he was like, I dare I dedicate these to my two buddies. But then he was like, it's my daughter, go get her. And they run over there and they're like, yeah. if you don't go back, your father will be killed. Yeah. They said they're going to put turnips to his body and throw them or whatever. He's like, and they're just yeah. going to so, pull him to pieces. And they're going to pull both his legs up. <laughs> so, like, but the way they came, they shot that shot, right? That scene was the, these two, like, redneck looking dudes coming up to this girl and like in an aggressive manner and you're thinking they're gonna do some yeah, like, no, sexual they were harassment or whatever and they didn't they no. just came up and was like you need to do this you need to listen father. to your father you need to listen to your father so he puts him in a good but life the fact they put up with him for five days when he was he had oh the dildo <laughs> yes. and he's working out in front of him and when he's like I'm killing the virus he's like <laughs> going around <laughs> and he's like slamming the dude oh man but that, some of the things he revealed in there were quite shocking when he's just like you know What's more dangerous, the virus or the Democrats? And they're like, the Democrats. The Democrats is yeah. like, they should have less rights, right? High five! And they're like, they should have less rights than us. It's like, jeez. Yeah. And then, like, they, uh, the Clintons drink baby blood. They yeah, do that. Yeah. I was just like, okay. I'm like, oh my god, but, you guys are insane. But, you know, again, so they bring in the things, and my whole thing about it was, how is he going to how is he going to do this? Like, people knew who Borat is. Yeah. He had to go to the most rural place. He went to this, like, electronic shop. It was, like, one of my favorite That was scenes. one of my favorite jokes he's of all time. like, he understanding <laughs> FaceTime, right? And he's just like, I'm trying to talk to your twin brother in the, in the phone. And he, like, As a searches- businessman myself <laughs> who deals with paperwork, yeah. there's nothing more annoying than a fax machine because <laughs> oh, they don't yeah, exist. Yeah. <laughs> and like that's why I was dying. I thought about this yeah. show and all the things I have to go through when it comes to paperwork and fax machines because I was like and read them like, out. Yeah, he's like, I have to find. He's like, I have to make contact with my president. He's like, what do you need? He's like, I need a fax machine. Fax and I'm machine. like, oh god. <laughs> and he goes, he's just like, sup? Yeah, sends sup, a message back. Sends it back. Sup? Question mark. The guy, the president, sends back a penis pic, and then yeah. he's just like, "Oh, sorry, I was sexing my sister." So the guy had to read that. My favorite one was he's just like, he's like, "What did he say?" Uh, he didn't say anything. He just he sent you a like bunch a of brownie faces. <laughs> 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 no, angry, no, angry faces. Angry faces. Angry faces. That was good. Yeah, See, there were some good, good jokes. Yeah, the porn pic uh, when he's searching porn. Oh, God, oh, the Instagram influencer yeah. on women. That was oh. awful. Oh, my God. But let's 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 talk about the, the biggest, what we're not talking about, and we'll give everyone our opinions on it. And I'll just straight up say, yes, Rudy Giuliani was about to have sex with this underage woman. And I yep. don't want to hear it otherwise. I don't want to hear it otherwise. That's what was going to happen. Yeah. He was but told. Did he know she was under? She's supposed to be a reporter at that point. So See, I I thought that too, age. but I, mean, I don't. She's probably not in real life. Anyway. Yeah, no, she's not. She's no, like in her twenties. Yeah, but she was in the film, but both in the in the film, and what Ruli Giuliani knew, she was fifteen. Yeah. Did he know that? And do we ever see that in the film that he knows? I, I don't think you've no. seen it, but it's portrayed. So we're you have to make the assumption. Regardless, though, she's in the character. He still was making an advance on oh, this woman. Oh, yeah. Like 30 years. But the fact that he denied it is what bothered me, because I'm like, dude, no one lays down on the bed and tucks their shirt in. Nobody goes Who to does a whole, that? Hotel Almost room. Almost arm length in there. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry all, all, to all my big belly listeners out there. <laughs> I didn't mean to insult the way you tuck in your shirts. I don't believe that was his. The reason I don't believe that either is because he asked her for her number and her yeah, address. She was 100% handing out. Oh, yeah. God, yes. Well, especially during the interview. And however, the way however, see, I was going to get to that. However, yeah. though, she was definitely doing the, the whole knee touch and everything like that. That is definitely innuendos on herself. So, right. and, and, he was baited. Yes. Yeah, oh, but the fact that he did it, he did it. Let's just yeah. not. Let's yeah. not. Like yeah. he's around. He's a, he's he a, did. He could have said no. He, he could have said no. I'm married. You know, blah blah blah. I'm married to my cousin. <laughs> Whatever. Yeah. The fact is, he did it. Hey, right. Man, a chick who's forty years younger than you that looks like that. I'm not. I'm not. I am not saying that was wrong. If he, if he, hey, if he wants to, you know, rob. If if she wants to rob from the grave, that's fine. And if he wants to rob, rob the cradle, that's fine. Okay. So like, what I'm getting at though is like this whole. 
let's play these mental gymnastics on TV now and say it was a hit job. I didn't mean to do. You know, I didn't do anything wrong. No, you clearly were yeah, about ready to have to, sex with this chick. Like legitimately, no one goes to a hotel room just to be. Well, like, it was oh, an interview. Uh, fair yeah. enough. It was an interview. But no one goes in the, the bedroom. No one goes yeah, with, wine, with wine. With wine. And he yeah. didn't say no. And he didn't say no. So, like, and, you know, the whole thing about this, by the way, this is Borat's daughter we're talking about in the film, um, who was, like, laying in the barn. She was, like, watching this. First of all, it's funny. She's watching this Cinderella video. <laughs> oh, my God, it's yeah. It's Melania. And it's like, I'm just a girl from Slovenia trying to find an original. I've never been like Melania. <laughs> Yeah. Oh my god. And then when they show Trump, he's like, he was more fat. And he had the body, and he just yeah. goes and grabs her right by the yeah. pussy. And, dan- and like dances around with her while he's doing Yeah. The one thing I did not like about this film, but when I went back and I watched it, I didn't watch it twice. I just kind of like rewind the ending because I was like, wait, what just happened? Is the ending. At first, I did not like that ending. But then when I went back, I was like, okay, that's pretty fucking hilarious. And he's just like, he's just like, okay, I'm here to take, you know, take my punishment. He's like, it's okay. We all make mistakes. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, what? And then he's just like, he sees the plan, how to spread the virus. And he's in the beginning, he's like, I went all over the world. And then he's with Tom Hanks. And he's like, Tom, can I get your autograph? (laughs) (laughs) Hacking on Tom Hanks? But then he goes, like, first he goes to, because he does say in the beginning, he goes around the coast. East Coast, and then like he stops at like some uh, chicken market <laughs> in China, and he coughs on like the chicken, <laughs> and the bat. And he meets Tom Cruise in like Australia, yeah, Tom Hanks, and, it, yeah. Tom Hanks, and then he coughs on him, and then because like he gets injected the virus, yeah, with it's like real, gypsy yeah. tears or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they said they injected him with gypsy, gypsy tears. tears to make him safe. Yeah, <laughs> but what was funny though too is I thought the. Because in the end of the first Borat, and this will leave it, the end of the first Borat, you know, they talk about how, like, things have changed a little bit, how they're, but they didn't really change, though. They still do the running of the Jews. But in the second one, they're like, no, now we're like the rest of the world. Now we just hate America, which I thought was really interesting. It was (laughs) brilliant. Because they had the running of America, the Americans. God. And then the Fauci, Fauci with the vaccine. I got oh, the vaccine. His daughter has that freaking Karen. Clinton haircut. <laughs> yes. Yes. That was fantastic symbolism at the end. I like how, uh, again, they kind of shined a little bit with that. Um, but, yeah. Mike, I've, you've, I've, been, you've been quiet on this one. Mike, what did you think about it? Uh, overall, I found myself laughing less and less as it went on and more wondering because, like, I noticed, like, at first, there's a little bit too much story. Yes, and yeah. And you're like, okay, they're starting to get to what made the first Borat good, which is, like, real people reacting to things. Yeah. And then even those start to feel a little tame and stuff. And then, like, at the 45 or so minute mark of the movie, you discover, oh, they started filming this in the middle of COVID. Yeah. And that's why this movie is, like, 65% story. Yeah. And it's not necessarily, like, a great story. It's the most generic story mm-hmm. Hollywood has right now, which is, let's pass this franchise off to a woman. That seems to be where they go with everything these days. Yeah. Uh, so that's kind of where the movie goes. Like, let's just redo the first one, but we'll replace them with a woman. And yeah, it is heartfelt and interesting in parts, but like, we know where it's going. It's I wouldn't say they're going to continue it off with a woman, though. No. But either I don't way, so. the point of the movie, the movie is, like, was like she yeah. passes. I mean, he says that at the end, like yeah. I'm number passing four. The torch. Yeah, yeah, I'm number yeah. four. Number yeah. three is my daughter. Yeah, passing yeah. the torch. Yeah. Yeah, that's essentially what Hollywood does now when they yeah. don't have a story with right. anything. And so, like, I started the story bits were were kind of getting on my nerves in terms of like there's just too much of them and I wanted more of the interviews but once the COVID thing comes up I'm like okay <laughs> I get from a production standpoint why you did this and they found a good way to make use of it by having him have spread the virus throughout the world <laughs> yeah that was yeah, hilarious uh, I don't know overall I enjoyed it I'd give it like a 6 because I don't see a reason to ever really watch it again because again it, as it went on I found it less and less funny I, like, I don't find a way to I, I will agree with you on, a, on in some respects too I don't really watch Borat over and over and I over. I never have. I've seen I, Borat twice. Maybe. Yeah, I saw it in theaters, and then I think like once on DVD, and then I haven't seen it in 12 or 13 yeah, years. Yeah, same. Same I thing. I don't want to rewatch it now. I th- yeah, I, I think, though, definitely, though, out of sequels, a sequel goes, though, it was definitely one of the stronger sequels I've seen, because it could have been a lot worse. Oh, it could have. Bad, bad. 
the original. Or yeah. It's still mm-hmm. in the same spirit. They yeah. can soften some of the, like, again, in the first It was one, soft, yeah. 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 In, in the first one, like, he fights his manager and their dicks are both out. Yeah. yeah. Like, that, that's I was, why I said it was more heartfelt, yeah. more soft. Yeah. And I think they were trying to give you that with the dance scene between yeah. the daughter <laughs> and... That was uh, great. But even that was, that was sort of That pain. scene yeah. was great, yeah. too. Yeah. That, oh, my God. When he was just like, how much do you think my daughter's worth? And that guy's like, 150000 He's like, ooh, you my new best friend. And he turns to his daughter and he's like, Gosh, that is so gross. Yeah. yeah. That was the funniest thing ever. There were some parts in that movie, though, too. I was just like, what do you... Duh, this is how people act. Like, nowadays. Like, that's not shocking, though. There were no. some parts I was like, that's not shocking at all. That's how people are. Unfortunately, no. it's yeah. not shocking. I think the, the bigger point in some of those sequences is, like, it's not that it's not shocking. It's that it should be shocking. Yeah. It isn't. And again, at the end, they kind of bring that... Like the uh, Instagram influencer... Yes. Oh yeah. When yeah. she was like, she's like, how old? The question is, how old do you want a man? She's like, near death. And she's like, oh, then you want one that just had a heart attack? Yeah. Oh, I was god. like, oh my god. She congratulates her. On yeah. That. Yes. So I was like, wow. That. That's where yeah, we're that at. Was, I guess that was pretty bad. Or even when, uh, just just the whole symbolism with the daughter in, included through the whole film. You know, this is this is my last thing, but. Just her, when he's like, okay, I'm going to get her breast implants, goes to that lady, he goes <laughs> oh, to the lady God. for the uh, tanning salon, and he's just like, what shade do you want? She's like, I want to be the racist family, and she looks at him, she's like, I want to go past the seven. Yeah, I want to go past the seven. I'm like, oh my God, <laughs> like, there's wow. a color for that? Yeah, like, like just like, like uh, you didn't know it. Like Mike was I saying. Didn't know it. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you very much. For that. I think she just like, uh, that you probably shouldn't go past that. You shouldn't go past that, yeah. But again, it's like what Mike is saying, where there's kind of some like, decent sensitizing there going on in American culture that he's kind of touching base in so he's like letting that happen to kind of let people catch themselves and they don't so you know it was it was good yeah you know I, I can agree with you and I have to agree with you guys so this was more of a heartfelt thing because after I watched this movie I had to go back and watch for it because it's probably been at least 15 years since I've seen this movie and when I was watching this new one I mean okay it's getting pretty good and I mean, him going into these disguises made me think of him doing Who's America and having to kind of go into that kind of a role to be able to interview most of these people. Yeah, but uh, this is America. He's like literally trying to tarnish some of these people with yeah. some of these bad, yeah. bad ideas that he has. Yeah, I mean, this one is just like playing off of uh, America's ignorance to immigrants. That, that's what I thought, and uh, that's why I mean a little bit like that. But I mean, he really didn't try to tarnish anybody. I mean, probably my favorite scene in this entire movie is what you brought up was the synagogue. And that yeah. old woman, or those Jewish women, she sued him. him and, like, yeah. hugged him. She dropped it, though. Yeah. Yeah. She did. Sued him? Yeah, yeah. she sued him. It's, it's her oh, daughter. There, there's lawsuits all over this movie right yeah, now. Yeah, I assume so, yeah. yeah her I daughter don't. is suing because her mom did not know what she was signing up the, for. The uh, babysitter, right. um was suing too. Oh, is yeah. she? Yeah, she pulled, they're all pulling their, their, uh, lawsuit. Their lawsuit. There was one person too, I believe the reason the woman pulled her lawsuit from the synagogue because she thought he was making a joke joke. Joke, yeah. But she saw the movie and he, she was like, he's not, trying yeah, to he's trying. Trying. And the point of that it. sequence is to be like, no, 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 idiots, the Holocaust did happen. Yeah. Yeah. yeah because he gets happy fun. about it, but well, it's yeah. more like, you're, you should be happy that, that's what I kind of liked is Shilling. She kind of made him change his mind about it. Well, and just kind of well, not that, that not that one well, guy, not the well, one not guy who with the birth one. control when he's like, I got well, my my daughter, but there's a baby in her. Oh <laughs> my oh, god, wow. that was so that scene was. Yeah. That, that really. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. He's like, he's like, wait, 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 wait. Are you? You keep. I don't know why. He's like, why? Why do you keep saying that he is your dad? She's like, because he is my dad. He's like, oh. <laughs> and he's like, stop talking about it. I do not want to hear it. Yeah. Yeah. He's but, like, oh, shit, I don't need to be involved in this criminal or yeah. whatever. Yeah. It was, that, that made me laugh. And God, we're going so far and far. But it made me, reminded me of the Bruno one when he goes to the gay conversion guys. Those are, that's one of my favorite scenes of all time. When he's just like, you know, they'll be saying... How did Bruno change? He did it with Jesus. It's like, <laughs> are you coming on to me right now? <laughs> he's like, no. He's like, oh, because he's like that whole talk with the Jesus. He's like, it's just real hot. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Have, you seen, seen Borat? Borat? Have seen you seen Bruno? Have you seen Bruno? Same thing with like with Borat. I watched it. Well, Borat, I saw at least two or three times. But Bruno, I think I saw the once. 
Oh, I love Bruno. Bruno. I actually yeah. think Bruno's my favorite film yeah. he's done. It's the most shocking. I enjoyed yeah. it, but I just haven't seen it again. I just there's just so many scenes in Bruno I just can't get over. Like when they're fighting in front of the police station, and he's like, "I was like, it's all stuffed He's like, "I was uh, I was food drunk." Lutz. He's like, "Ration Cajun potato skin." Yeah. And he's like, "I ask Bruno," and all the cops are just like watching them have this fight, like just standing there, like, "What the fuck?" One last thing I would like to say is there in in uh, Borat two. One thing that I thought would have changed so many of the scenes and made a lot of the scenes more interesting and more like the first is, for whatever reason, him and his daughter are always speaking whatever language they speak in Kazakhstan, mm. I'm not sure. They always speak that to each other in public. Yeah. And like, speak, these, these, these things are pretty funny, what you're saying, and it would be funny to see, like, that, you know, receptionist react or that cashier or whomever's in the room. If it was in English, some of those sequences would have been more funny than story. Probably but great. I think they probably were like, we got to get the story beats moved forward, which, again, was my biggest problem. I like the realness of the other. Yeah, so do I. Yeah. yeah. I love the whole sub. What he said, but he just sent back a bunch of angry faces. <laughs> All right, we'll be right back with our last review of Trial of the Chicago Sub. Do you guys like cheesy movies? I mean, the real primo stuff. Well, here at TYTD Reviews, we've got you covered. Covering cult classics and the movies that time forgot, we review the kind of movies your video store clerk always warned you about. From sci-fi to action, horror to comedy, if it's radioactive, it's on TYTD. With special guests and more, why not join us, tune in, and drop out? And we hope to see you very soon. Hello, potential listeners. My name is The Vern, and I'm the host of the Cinema Recall Podcast. On most shows, myself, along with some great guests, we will talk about a movie and then some of the most iconic moments that happened in said movie. On top of that, you'll get bonus shows where I will give you short reviews about new and classic movies, or I'll just rant and rave about something going on in the entertainment industry. So come check us out. We're available on Anchor, Spotify, Stitcher Radio, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, most other places. Don't forget to follow us on social media. On Twitter, we are at Cinema underscore Recall. And then on Facebook, Instagram, we are Cinema Recall Podcast. Uh, don't forget to email us your ad spots to play on future episodes. That email is cinemarecall at gmail.com. Hope to see you around, and thank you very much for listening. This is the Nostal Junk Podcast, where one person's junk is another person's childhood. I'm Matt McGraw. And I'm Kyle Smith. Join us each week as we take a deep dive into your pop culture consciousness and discuss everything from movies, TV, music, cartoons, toys, video games, and more. And we want to hear from you, so connect with us. Nostalgia means so many different things to so many different people, so share with us your favorite piece of nostalgia. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at NostalJunkPod. And you can subscribe to us on all the major podcast platforms. Let's get this thing up to 88 miles per hour, and we'll see you next week.